Hi, hello and welcome. This is the Zonecast where we interview emerging Canadian professionals, entrepreneurs and academics. And today we have with us on the show Mike McCarran. He is the president of Left Lane Associates. Hi Mike, how are you? Welcome to the show. Very good, thanks for having me. Perfect. So I want to learn about your background. Can you tell us about your professional and personal background? Okay, so I'm a Toronto native, uh, graduate of the University of Toronto. Uh, got involved in the transportation. I actually ran out of school with a company called Yellow Freight Systems, which is a large American five, a Fortune 500 company. Uh, rose to the ranks there. Uh, they offered me a, a promotion, but I had to move to the States, uh, to Kansas City in particular. So I uh, declined that and uh, started my own business, MSM Transportation, which I uh, ran. It was a hybrid uh, trucking transportation business I ran uh, for 22 years and sold it in 2012 to a company called The Wheels Group. And presently now I do uh, transportation mergers and acquisitions specifically to that space. Mm -hmm. So um, can you tell us more about MSM Transportation and when was it founded? Okay, MSM Transportation was founded in, uh, so let me do the math, 1989. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, uh, three people in the office. We started as a purely a freight broker, so a transportation middleman. And over the years, we evolved that to create a significant footprint in the Toronto to California lane, where we are one of the first uh, transportation companies to combine. Uh, it's, it's, it was a hybrid model. We combined both the assets of trucks and the non-assets of freight brokerage to build a uh, a sustainable business model. Mm -hmm. And um, your company was later sold to the Wheels Group for That's about, correct, yeah, 2012. Uh, 2012 for about 18.6 million. So can you tell us how this conversation started with the Wheels Group? Um, well, I had started the process years earlier. Um, uh, we were first approached by Transforce. Uh, about five years before I sold. And, and at the time, I realized that uh, there's a lot of things, like most entrepreneurs, I'd worked in the business uh, for you know 20 plus years, not on the business. And I realized that the business had lots of warts um, uh, on it. Uh, and so I worked hard for four or four years to get the business uh, far more saw ready, ready to sell. In fact, I built a business I didn't have to sell. Um, so we actually got an unsolicited offer from Wheels uh, who the CEO I'd known was not even a neighbor of mine from Etobicoke, but I knew him from the business. So, um, you know, we got an offer from them, and, and we saw that through to fruition. Okay. And this offer uh, came how long before the company was actually sold? Uh, about six months was the process from start to finish, maybe a little bit longer. Six months, okay. So what It was too long. If I knew what I was doing I'd back then, I would, it would happen a lot quicker, let me tell you. <laughs> so were you, was it your plan to sell the business, or is, or is it something that naturally happened because Wheels Group was interested? Well, we, well, our plan was to build a business that we didn't have to sell. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we did a lot of things uh, uh, to really clean things up, clean the balance sheet, clean debt, clean up some, you know, it's just really create a better business. And we're, we're, we actually, myself and my partner, worked ourselves out of a job. So we put ourselves in a position where we never had to sell. Okay. And the, and, whole, and the whole premise is, you know, you know, once you get B-saw ready, uh, you know, we were, we were making a deep, really good living off it. Um, 
And the whole premise is when the unsolicited offer came, we were ready to take it because we had done the things necessary uh, to do. Where, where before, you know, when we were talking to Transforms, it would have taken me a year just to do the things necessary to actually even sell. Mm -hmm. So when the offer came, what, did they make a good uh, offer in terms of price? Were you satisfied with the initial offer? No, I wasn't, but so I was able to say no because I didn't have to sell to them because they approached me. And you remember too, there was also with that eighteen point five million, there was a significant cash component. There was land, uh, so it was a bigger deal than that. And and you know the fact that we didn't have to sell gave us a leverage to say no. In fact, I can't tell you how many times I said no to Doug because I didn't have to sell to him. So I had all all the power was with me, not with him. Mm -hmm. So what was the initial price in the offer? Are you able to disclose that? Uh, it was significantly less. Uh, I, I can't remember the exact terms, but significantly less. The, the biggest thing, it had a really big earnout slash stock component, which I wasn't interested in at all. So I guess you wanted more of the compensation to be upfront? Well, because he approached me, I wanted I, – I, first of all, their stock was – you know, I got to be careful what I say, but it wasn't a very liquid stock. So, you know, and, and I, so the opportunity to liquidate any sort of stock was difficult because there just was no float, number one. And number two, I wasn't, I, 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 I wasn't confident in any sort of earnout. And I did, and, and you know, they approached me. So why would I take, why would I take an earnout? Why would I work for someone else for two years to make what was mine already? I see. I, I had see. leverage. Yeah, your leverage, you didn't have to sell. And right. the price that they offered was substantially lower than, I guess, what you thought the company was worth. So you were able to say no, and then that led, led to further negotiations. Oh, they wanted the land. They wanted me to work for them for years. They wanted this. They wanted that. And I just said, you know, no, 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 no. And the deal got better and better and better. And, um, you know, as I said, I was uh, uh, my partner, you know, had expressed an interest to get out. So uh, it worked out very well. Interesting. And... Um, one one of the mistakes I guess you mentioned was that you signed the letter of intent too early. So can you tell us how that was a mistake? Well, I, I think that um, so in, in relation to the LOI, uh, all the power is with the uh, with the seller until the LOI is signed, and I think it's important to negotiate all the terms from the seller standpoint as early as possible things like indemnifications cash on hand non-competes uh you know share asset there's a lot to negotiate and and you know the you know certainly now we do this for a living on, on the buy clients you want people to get you want clients to get people under wraps as quickly as possible very very similar to purchasing a house subject to inspection it's off the market it's yours it's exclusive so you know, and, and it worked out good, but there there was a you know there was a couple things where, um, you know, I felt that you got to get the finish line up, giving in on things that you might not have. For example, I would have never agreed to a five year non compete mm -hmm. uh, previous to the LOI, but once you know when it was pulled out the eleventh hour, I I couldn't walk away. Oh, so so you agreed to a five year non compete. Right, which which what that, but then what happened is wheels was sold, so I had a change of control closet. Oh, okay. So because wheels group got sold, you didn't have to uh, follow through the non-compete. That's right. I wouldn't be able to start left lane. Oh, nice, nice. So when you told them that their initial price that they were offering is too low, 
um, and you obviously thought the company was, was worth more. Was it difficult to agree upon uh, the the final price that you actually sold the company on, which is 18.6 million? Or was there like a lot of back and forth? Well, it's, it's you know it's it's very personal. It's it's emotional. It's uh, yeah, there were a lot of back and forth. It went on for months and months and months. Like when I say six months. Um, you know, a lot of that was, was just the back and forth. And I, you know, I would have, I probably met Doug myself 20 times. Wow. I, probably I, 20 times, I would say. Wow. And uh, Doug is the, uh, is the founder or CEO of Fields Group? He was in Republic Company. He was a CEO. Oh, okay. 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 Interesting. And um, uh, so, yeah, if you were to go back and uh, do things differently what were the what 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 were the things that you would do differently as part of your negotiation well i i don't think it would have anything done differently for the negotiation because i think that we you know from from the, from relation to other deals in the space we did very well mm-hmm. you know multiplier over six uh, almost all cash no earnouts uh didn't have to work so 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 we did really well the one thing i definitely would have done differently is that once I got the insul- because we were so ready, once I got the unsolicited offer from Wheels, I would have actually ran a process to to try to try and find another buyer. Mm. Because I think two things really create value for entrepreneurs. One is the ability to say no. Yeah. And one is to have multiple offers so you have deal tension. So if I was to look back again, uh actually two things I would have done. I would have actually got a a a, a proper valuation done by a valuation company so I knew what I was going into the process with, uh, mm-hmm. to take some stress out. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I definitely would have uh had, you know, kind of on uh on call an M and A advisor team to take the thing to the market just to create tension and run a process. So now I've got an unsolicited offer, let's find someone else who's interested. Because we had a very, very good company, very strong name, uh you know, very very high margins. So it was, you know, we were attractive to the to the market space. So you would have taken the offer and shared it with the competitors of Wheels Group to see if they would offer something higher. Yeah, I would have just run a process. I would have run a sales mandate, really, with the end game to to try and create multiple offers to drive the price up. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's particularly interesting. But one thing that can happen is like once if the buyer finds out that their offer is being used as a leverage to produce other offers they can they they may or may not like that and uh, and they well, i'm assuming they wouldn't like it but that's bad on you i'm just i'm you know they, they should respect the fact that you're a smart businessman you're just trying to maximize the wealth that you're creating for your family so yeah you know if they don't like it uh uh <laughs> it's unfortunate <laughs> but you know what uh, but but yeah, I got no control. Oh. You have every right. You have every right to run a process. In fact, as I said, you know, I'm the buyer. I'm thinking this guy's on his A game here because uh, look at what he's doing. Yeah, that's true. I guess I guess on your part, it would be a smart business acumen. To... Well, once again, and I go back to leverage. It holds leverage. a whole different animal when you have to sell your business. So. You know, you can do things when you don't have to sell, when you have unsolicited. You know, that's one reason that that uh, that, uns- that being so ready is so important because you can take unsolicited offers because with unsolicited offers, you can actually, uh, you have so much leverage. Mm-hmm. So I guess throughout the negotiation, Wills knew that you could walk away from the table anytime and and still just continue on with your business. No harm, no, no, harm, no foul. Yeah, yeah. continue Absolutely. with your business or fi- find other buyers. So there was nothing forcing you to be there 
And and I guess I guess as you mentioned, that was your negotiating leverage. Absolutely. Awesome. And um, after the company was sold, uh, what happened? Uh, was Wheels able to successfully take over the business and were they able to run it seamlessly? No, they did an awful job. In fact, uh, they re- I think in year five, they closed it. So for them, it was not a profitable acquisition? No, no, they made a lot of mistakes. They were they were a bad acquirer. They did a very poor job of integration. They made a lot of mistakes in integration. Uh, they made some geography mistakes and uh, they were pretty much left with nothing five, you know, four and a half, five years later. Wow, so they made such a huge acquisition, but they were not able to profitably monetize. Yeah, that team's monetize. all gone. It's a much better team they have today. But that team, uh, you know, they they, they weren't in a, they didn't have a really strong balance sheet. Now, again, I want I, I I don't want to say too much, but ultimately, to, I, I guess actions speak louder than words. And uh, you know, five years into it, they closed the company. Oh wow! So what 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 do you think were the mistakes that they made? Were they lacking the expertise? Of running that kind of operation, or were they poorly managed? What was the issue? Well, I would say a few things. Um, I think that they didn't commit the resources from from a company to the the business, um, meaning to the integration. I don't think they spent enough time in integration. But I think one of the biggest mistakes you make is you know you, you don't integrate into the buyer. You integrate into strengths. And we did a lot of things that were very unique to MSM uh, that they could have very much benefited from. Our, you know, our gross margin was 28%, theirs was 8%. So, but they mm-hmm. made a mistake of really of you know uh, uh, taking over the administrative things, and and they did, and, and it was not right or wrong, but but they, they changed a lot of processes and systems, which really hurt the business model. And then, you know, I guess really one of the final. Uh, one of the things that really hurt them was they moved the business. The business was located in Bolton, which is north of Toronto. Uh, a lot of the staff, you know, the hundred office people that worked there, lived north of of, of Bolton. Um, you know, town's forty five minutes north. So when Wheels decide to uh, merge the operations with one of their own, you're not asking people to drive an extra hour and a half to work every day. Mm, I see. So people don't do that for forty grand a year. I guess so, yeah. so that really hurt the culture of the business a lot. Interesting. And um, so after the company was sold, you started uh, Left Lane Associates. Uh, I did. So can you tell us more about about this uh, venture? Well, I've always had a keen interest in the M&A side of the transportation business. Uh, I'm very vested in the business, very connected uh, still. Uh, I'm still very active in all the associations and the clubs and things like that. And you know, I was looking at business opportunities. Um, what I found interesting was if you look at the transportation business, it's a very transactional uh, industry made up of a lot of small companies, and um, it's very much an aging demographic. A lot of a lot of uh, a lot of older truckers looking to get it. So I saw a tremendous opportunity to to take advantage of my skills and expertise and connections in the space, and and basically build a, an investment bank. Uh, 100% geared to uh, to the transportation sector. So we do mergers and acquisitions work in transportation, all modes and sectors. So I guess uh, you're using your own experience selling your business. Uh, you're applying this here, helping other other businesses in the industry being sold and acquired. Well, yeah, a lot of what we do is, you know, we really, you know, we really create wealth for families is what we do. But I think we're very trusted in the space. As I said, we're extremely vested. 
uh, in the industry. And, 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 and you know, we, I know a lot of the, the important players, and, and it does help. And, and I think the fact we really understand the business strategically, we can, we can help clients grow their business um, because we see it from a higher level than they do. And so, we, we, you know, we can direct them to sectors they might not have considered based on their expertise. Mm-hmm. Well, that's quite uh, interesting. Do you see a lot of mergers and acquisitions happening in the trucking space? Oh, it's it, 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 there's a lot of consolidation. There's a race to scale. There's a lot of demographic issues. There's a lot of real estate issues. And, and as I said, there's 17,000 companies in Canada. We believe that's just on the trucking side. So, so you, you know, between the, you know, I, I think it's very similar to every business. You know, the baby boomers uh, didn't retire when people expected. There's a lot of people hanging on in their, you know, mid to late 60s that we had all their life. They've made quite a bit of money. They're wealthy. And, and you know, there's going to be a real logjam getting out because everyone's getting out. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know, most of the, you know, most of, you know, the most of all the new entrants into the space, at least in, 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 in Ontario or South Asia. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah, it is. Very interesting. The dynamics, it's really on the trucking side. Said, we work in all sectors, but... Uh, there, there's a lot. Uh, all you have to do is, is, is you know, look around and everything uh, in, that you're looking at, moved by truck, ship, rail, and it's 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 a big. You know, next to agriculture, it's the biggest business in Canada. And, and you know, the one thing that we found exciting is there's no one that specializes. You know, everyone says they work. And if you talk to other M&A shops and, and the banks, they'll say yes, we work. Uh, you know, we work in transportation. Uh, well, they work in it when it's convenient. We we you know we we, we work in it full time. That's that's quite amazing. Well, Mike, it has been very nice uh, speaking with you and learning about uh, your expertise and your acquisition. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. No problem. I enjoyed it. All the best. And your website is leftlaneassociates.ca. That's correct, sir. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you very much. Have a great day. (laughs) Listeners, thank you very much for listening to Zonecast and uh, stay tuned for more episodes.